The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Well, if you're a gardener, it is. You know, it's rained like crazy yesterday. Probably going to rain this weekend, but there's lots of stuff we can talk about because this is all about gardening. For the next hour or so, here on the Gestalt Gardener, a Mississippi public radio production, me and Java Chapman and all the folks here at MPB are going to bring a garden party statewide and beyond. You got some stuff you want to talk about as a live program, call-in program, gardening related. Got some cheesy music, several really interesting events coming up in the next, this weekend and next. And uh, we're going to talk about stick-tight Velcro plants. We might even get a little bit of sex in the garden. We just don't know. But one thing's for sure, we're going to talk about firsts, first roses, first magnolias, and uh, anything else you want to talk about. If it's about gardening, folks, I'm Porticulture's Felder Rushing. I'm going to lead this conversation we call the Gestalt Gardener here on MPB. Sit back for some news and come back and we're going to get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to be talking about some kind of gardening for the next hour or so. Not much we can do but talk about it right now, although I did go out in my yard this morning uh, before I wandered up this way and pulled a couple of weeds. You know, it's been my experience. If you stay on top of them, they're not so bad. It's like it's not like making your bed up and you do it once and you're done with it. Uh, it's more like sweeping the floor. If you do it once a year, it's going to be trouble. But if you do it every now and then, it's not quite so bad. Anyway, that's what weeding's like for me. Uh, I've got, I, I, I belong to this online forum called, well, it's called uh, Quora, Q-U-O-R-A, where people write in questions about, you know, they write about airplanes and pilots answered, and they write about medical stuff, doctors answered, they write about guarding stuff, then people like me answering. And one guy wanted to know if you could make some homemade weed killer. I'm thinking, yeah, sure you can. Does it work? Eh, <laughs> no. It was sometimes. For some people, maybe part of the time. Uh, but what I do, and keep in mind, you know, I'm the guy who wrote all the books. who got the radio and the newspaper and the magazines and blah, 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 horticulture society, blah, blah. And I pull, I get on my hands and knees and I pull them with my fingers. And if there was an easier way to do it, <laughs> I would do it. I pull them up. Sometimes I use a sharp cutting thing like a hoe or a, or a, or a little hand knife or something. Sometimes I uh, use a saw if I don't get around to them fast enough. And sometimes I uh, I, I just I cut them. I, but mostly I pull them by hand. I throw them on the sidewalk or the, the walkway. When I'm done, I scoop them all up, throw them in the compost pile, take a leaf drawer to the place, and then put mulch on top of everything to keep them coming back quite as much. And I found if I do this just a couple of times a year, I'm on top of it. If I do it once a year, it's a real chore. Um, every couple of years, nope, ain't going to happen. But uh, what I do is I walk down, walk around my yard in the morning, a cup of coffee in my hand. If I see something's coming up that really shouldn't be there, I go ahead and take, it's like picking up a penny. A lot of people just walk right past, Java, you ever walk, I mean, we all do this. You know, a penny is almost not worth bending over and picking up anymore. You know, it just waits, you know, it's just waiting to be put in the cup at the service station. That's all a penny is really good for. Uh, but bending over and picking up pennies, if you do it all the time, you know, you can come up with a, a cup of coffee maybe a year. But uh, anyway, I'm not going to talk too much about that. I would like to say if you've got some ideas about gardening, some tricks you use, some little shortcuts and things like that, let's share them. It's kind of like a garden party here at MPB. We don't have rules. It doesn't matter to us if you do it this way or that way or don't do it at all or you don't like the way your neighbors do it or or uh, you wish your neighbors would leave you alone, just however you want to do it. If you want to talk about gardening, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to stick to the horticulture doctrine. And uh, if you need it, I can throw it out and make your eyes bleed with stupid details about horticulture science. But if you just want to knock around the yard, try something new, give us a call. It's toll-free, 
MPB ring. A uh, whole bunch of stuff going on, but before we get to that, I want to uh, uh, give a couple of shout-outs. Uh, and, and again, this is a garden party, so feel free to join in any time. Uh, we had a little touch of blackberry winter this past week, that, that late, cold, wet snap we always seem to get, and people act like it never happened. Anyway, glad I didn't set out my summer plants yet. Uh, in, in fact, I just now started some seeds to plant in a month or so. If you plant, like in January or February, they get long and leggy and floppy and weak, and they fall over. And if you wait till it's warmer, they come up fast. They're stocky. They're sturdy. Uh, they don't flop over. And, so what I, and they come up real fast. So yesterday I started some seeds of some coxcomb, the old-fashioned uh, coxcomb, some burgundy okra. I uh, got some, a couple of pods of Peter peppers. You don't know what a Peter, Peter pepper is. Uh, Google it if you dare, but uh, I got me some seeds of Peter peppers started, uh, some roselle and a special heirloom squash that grows like a gourd on a kudzu vine. It's called Casa Banana, Casa Banana. It's a really weird thing. They're, they're like big burgundy cucumbers, but they taste like, huh, well, they're just tropical like mangoes on the inside. Anyway, no hurry to get any things in the ground till it warms it really well, including the rain. So I just got my seeds started. Uh, I, I did put up this past week, got my, my, my friend Ronnie to come over and help set up some arbors for some vines. One post arbors, a post with two little cross arms uh, at the top. And they're, oh, about four feet apart. And I connected them. I had a row of them, and I connected them with some rebar. I'm going to grow vines on them. And the reason I'm doing this, and I painted them kind of teal, kind of a blue-green. I put them in between a curve of crepe myrtles in my backyard because the crepe myrtles is going to be toast after a while. It might take them a year, two, three, four, five years, whatever. But I got a head start uh, of my, my arbors that are in between my crepe myrtles. By the time the crepe myrtles start to peter out because of this bark scale insect, uh, I'm going to have some vine covered um, arbors. Arbor sort of means tree-like, so I've got me some replacements. Instead of waiting and then having nothing and having to wait another few years, I'm getting started right now. Uh, by the way, if you don't know about the bark myrtle, bark myrtle crepe scale, crepe myrtle bark scale, if you don't know about it, not sure about it, if you've heard about it, want to know the scoop about it, somebody's not going to try to sell you anything or blow smoke. If you just want to know what they look like, what they do, what you can do in the short run, and what the long-term prognosis is with pictures, go to my blog. It's a free blog. I don't sell anything. It's Felder Rushing Blog, B-L-O-G. Don't, I don't do the website anymore, but FelderRushing.blog. You can email me through there, but as soon as you go to it, at the, at the very top, it has a list of things. It's got a tribute to Dr. Dirt. It's got a thing about my pickup truck with the garden in the back. It's got about the crepe myrtle bark scale. And I think if you click on that, you'll learn a whole lot. And at the very bottom, it's got a picture of my new arbors, by the way. Uh, again, if you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Got the lines wide open. Love to hear from you. Uh, want to give uh, a couple of shout outs to uh, uh, Killed, Mississippi. Went to the Killed uh, down uh, close to the coast. I took the back road through downtown Mendenhall, Prentice, uh, Columbia. Beautiful courthouse downtown Col- Columbia. Uh, d- down to a road to Bogalusa, Louisiana, where, where the, <laughs> the the power lines went from four to three to two, and I'm thinking I'm getting out in the boondocks here, but then they picked back up to three to four. I broke back out into civilization. Bogalusa, Louisiana, Henley Field. Um, then I had a really big audience in the new library in Kiln, which, by the way, uh, they're real proud. I want to give a special shout-out to Kiln, Mississippi. They finally got their first fast-food place. It's Awards. Awards is really cool. They got the, the chili, uh, big one with chili and cheese and a root beer. <laughs> but anyway, they get, they, and somebody said that they got their, their, their uh, the traffic signal where it's working now. Anyway, <laughs> anyway the Kiln, real good folks. Um, anyway. I stayed in a cool little bed and breakfast uh, on the beach in Bay St. Louis because I had a program at the Bay St. Louis Library, standing room uh, audience in Bay St. Louis. I want to give a shout-out to Mark and Sally Isaac. Um, they put me up at their little B&B, and he pointed me towards a, a funky little place down on the on the, uh, on the the, the coast, a little beer dive, I guess. And I had some spicy boiled shrimp called Royal Reds and a locally brewed beer called uh, Southern Pecan. A little brown ale, lightly flavored roasted pecans, brewed at the oldest brewery in Mississippi, Lazy Magnolia, there in Kiln. And if you want to give us a call, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Um, I want to th- throw out a little competition. 
I'm uh, going to throw it out now. Folks on the coast got a little head start. If you want to, uh, to, to take a picture or call in the first magnolia bloom of the season, going to happen somewhere in the state sometime this month. First magnolia bloom, our state flower, our state tree. If you see a magnolia blooming, let me know when and where. Meanwhile, let's slide uh, to, uh, to Fondren, which is my neighborhood in Jackson. Hey, Joanna, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, good. I just walked through your neighborhood today. You did? You did? You see a lot of pretty things? I did, and, and uh, it, you know, that rain made everything sparkle, but it also knocked the pollen down, so I can actually see because my eyes aren't all puffy right now. What's, what you got going on? I was supposed to ask you, and when I saw you, and I didn't ask you, my son wanted to know, can we grow a culinary bay down here, like the one you pick the leaves and put in gumbo and stuff oh, yeah. like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They get pretty big, as a matter of fact. Uh, you know, my mother grew one up uh, 100 miles north here in Indianola. They're not going to get big trees like they do on the coast, but they're big bushes. They're just kind of generic. They don't flowers. So you're going to have to hang some Christmas lights or something on it. But they grow perfectly well. Needs sunshine, needs a little elbow room because they get uh, about half as wide as they do tall. Where, where would you get one? Uh, you know, most places that have herb sales are going to have little small bay trees okay. uh, for sale. Uh, you know, they're they're pretty, you know, not going to look like much when you put it in the ground, but it's going to double or triple the size of the first year. And, I mean, come on, Joanna, how many bay leaves do you need? <laughs> well, we can share. We can share. There People you go. Buy and get a bay leaf. <laughs> well, put it out by the curb because I don't have room for one in my yard, and I would appreciate it. Well, Sure, come by and get one. <laughs> anyway, uh, look for them. They're just called uh, 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 just called bay tree, and they're okay. perfectly, perfectly uh, hardy here in Jackson. Okay, let me ask you one more question. Sure. On the curb of my of my yard, I started what, a burn, I guess you call it, years ago. I kept putting down limbs and leaves and stuff, trying to get it where you could actually grow something there. Uh-huh. And towards the top, I planted things like I've got. I call it mahonia. They make those big blueberries. Yeah, with the yellow flowers right about now. Yeah. Yeah. And I planted a oak leaf hydrania and different things. But when you stand on the street, I don't have they, – they look leggy and weird, the things at the top. I need something to, to like, anchor them to plant on the side of the street. What yeah. I've got now is poison ivy and blackberries, <laughs> and I love the blackberries. They've little white flowers. Yeah, they're pretty. They're, they're pretty, yeah. And the – Poison ivy's native, and it gives a lot of color. But I've got that and lobripe, and that's about it. I need something to anchor it where those things on the ridge just don't look so leggy. Yeah, well, you know, right, right, first of all, next time I walk around the street, just you know, snag me, and we'll, and we'll talk about it. But uh, right off the bat, I would first thing I would put would be some kind of hard feature. If you could get not necessarily a big rock, but a big flat rock, you can stand up, look like a rock or a piece of driftwood okay. or, or, a, or, or a bench or one of those little cute corner uh, f- f- library things, you know, you see them around the neighborhood, uh, a bottle tree, a bird bath, a urn, something hard out all there right. that's sort of like an art thing, and it can match the architecture of your house or it could be whimsical or classical, whatever. Put something like that out there, and people will focus on that. And then you can start putting uh, some low shrubs. There's a type of nandina that I grow right in front of my house. It only gets about a foot, foot and a half tall, and it's evergreen, right. like a little skirt. Okay. Uh, you know, so there, you know, there's several low-growing plants, and all around our neighborhood. But if you'll just put some kind of hard feature, and just instead of trying to cover the whole thing with stuff, just repeated groups of, you know, one plant here, another one there, you know, or little groups here and there. And, uh, you know, people have noticed that. It's called punctuation. Make an accent and create some punctuation. Uh, You can also put a really, really inexpensive little short section split rail fence along there that gives a really nice, if it fits with your architecture. Okay. But uh, don't don't get me started on over-accessorizing if you've ever seen my yard. (laughs) No, I just couldn't figure out how to do it. I knew it didn't look right. But I just couldn't figure out how to pull it down and anchor anything. And I hadn't even thought about putting, like, a hardscape, like you said, out there. It needs, like be, it needs to be bold. Stuff like that, it, it and need, I like all yeah. the trees. And you know, when I say it needs to be bold, I made a fist and I shook it, you know, bold, you know, right there. And, and, you know, and that's all it takes to get the neighbors off your back. Okay. All right. Well, good. Thank you so much. That, and I hope Ira has a good deployment. I thank you. Well, and... I do appreciate that a whole bunch. Thank you so much. And I'll see you around the hood, too. All righty, folks, we got a whole bunch of stuff coming up this weekend and next I want to share with you. I'm Horticulture's fellow Russian, me and Java Chapman, or, um, sort of man of the things in here. We're talking about gardening. And if you've got some things you want to talk about, you can give us a call. 
You can email us, garden at mpbonline.org, or give us a call toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. I'm also looking for a little competition. Who can spot the first magnolia blossom this month, when and where? Horticulture's fell to rushing. Got some uh, callers on the line. Got some events coming up. I think you'd be interested in. We're going to share those. It got some cheesy, <laughs> some cheesy music coming up in just a few minutes. Stick with us, folks. We're still right in the middle of getting dirty here on MPB. Hi, this is Bill Ellison, host of Grassroots on MPB. Few artists have had greater influence on American folk and acoustic music than guitarist Doc Watson. Doc was part of the 1960s folk revival. He was also a star of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band's early 70s classic Will the Circle Be Unbroken album. And he's in the Bluegrass Music Hall of Fame. Doc is also a frequent guest in the Bluegrass Cabin, so come see us on Grassroots Saturday night at 8 on MPB Think Radio. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow Russia. We've got a couple of calls on the line. Before I get to that, let me throw out five things that are going on this weekend or next week before we can talk about next week. And I'll repeat these in a little while. But uh, first of all, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be hosting a plant swap in Meridian, downtown at the Max. If you haven't been to the Max, it is unbelievable. It's easy. Uh, the plant swap is free. I'm going give, to give a little talk. There's plenty of parking. We've got a farmer's market a block or so away. But that's going to start at 9 o'clock. Bring a good plant, a plant in a pot, not something just snagged up out of the ditch. Bring a decent plant. We're going to get together, mix people and mix plants, and talk about pass along plants and hardy plants. That's going to be free. It's going to start at 9 o'clock at the Max downtown uh, Meridian. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's the first time they've done this, so I hope to make it a real success. Uh, and then I'm going to scoot right after that, right on up the highway, uh, to New Albany. They're having their, their flower festival this weekend, and I'm going to be giving a talk at 3 o'clock. And it's going to be a downtown. It used to be at the fairgrounds. So it's going to be at the uh, the Magnolia Civic Center, which is downtown New Albany. Magnolia Civic Center. Hard to miss it. Uh, but starting at 3 o'clock, I'm going to be giving a talk about, about having fun in the yard. So two things tomorrow. The plant swap in Meridian starting at 9 at the max. Uh, and, again, free, easy parking. And then the uh, my talk at the New Albany Garden Festival at 3 o'clock at the Magnolia Civic Center. Uh, also coming up this weekend on April the Sunday, Crosby Arboretum is doing a free thing. It's called Strawberries and Cream Festival. Uh, they're going to have ice cream and strawberries and music. It's free at Crosby Arboretum just outside Picayune on Sunday uh, starting from, uh, from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock. And then uh, on April the 11th, I'm doing a program at the Winona Library at lunch. It's a free program, uh, Winona Library on April the 11th. And then that evening, I'm giving a talk at the Walnut Grove Library with a plant swap and a lecture. So please, uh, uh, last thing, next Friday, I get off the air, I'm running up to Clarksdale. They got me in my pickup truck, going to be at the Juke Joint Festival uh, right down at uh, the Collective, which is the old Miss D's Garden Center right downtown. Going to be in the back of my pickup truck talking about stuff. Anyway, I'll repeat those in just a little while. But meanwhile, let's talk with uh, uh, Peggy and Morton. Hey, Peggy, thank you for calling. How are you? Hey, I'm fine. How are you, Felder? Appreciate you holding. What's up? Well, I have some lower petlums in my front yard right there in front of the house, and they have contracted some type of disease, and they look horrible. What can I put on them? Well, without knowing, without seeing, you know, I don't know what the disease is. It could be bad, you know, without seeing it, I don't know. Is it on the, is it on the old leaves? Do the new leaves look okay? No, it's all over. The leaves has little powdery looking stuff on them. And then the bark itself, some of the bark has got green stuff on it. And, um, oh, green, fr- kind of frilly looking stuff? Like most. Yeah, I tell you what that is, uh, uh, Peggy. When you see that, those are called lichens, L-I-C-H-E-N, lichens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they grow on things that are not growing very well. They don't hurt things, but they tell us the plant's having trouble. They grow on rocks and tombstones and bridge railings, so you know they're not hurting those. But when you see them on a plant, that says that the plant needs to be fertilized or pruned or somehow kind of gotten, it, it's, it's struggling. 
And mm-hmm. the, the best way to deal with a struggling plant like that, believe it or not, it's going to half kill you to do it, but the plant will thank you and just cut it back. Cut it back as far as you want. It'll put out real strong new growth. The roots will have a little bit of a breather. They can catch up, and the plants will be better than ever. And I bet that the problem that you're seeing is caused by the plant being kind of weak. To You know how if you don't feel good, you're more likely mm-hmm. to get a cold or something. Plants the same way. So if you'll just, you don't have to do them all at once, but if you'll cut one or two of them back pretty hard, you know, some, oh, the next, uh, you know, a week or two, when they mm-hmm. sprout out new growth, it'll give you the confidence, go ahead and cut the other ones back. And I bet they come out stronger and prettier than ever. I bet. Okay. One other question. I, I don't know. I emailed you last year, but I don't know if I got this from you uh, off the internet. Can you mix ammonia with water and spray it on plants? Uh, you can, but it doesn't really do much good. It's <laughs> okay. just, you, so you, you you didn't hear that from me because I don't I, I don't you know there are a lot of home remedies like making sun tea that makes sense, but a lot of these home uh-huh. remedies you know they don't they just make people feel like they're doing something. But uh, there's mm-hmm. there's no real reason to spray ammonia on a plant doesn't doesn't have any okay. real benefit. Okay, all right. Well, I'll try cutting them back and see if that works. Now, if you want to, Peggy, if you want to take a really good, clear, close-up picture of some of those leaves, you know, where you can tell what it is from the picture, send it to me. I might, I can give you a good educated guess, but I bet I'm going to recommend just cutting them back, getting them sort of, it's called rejuvenation. I wish we could do that to our kids. Okay, so I'll take a picture of it, too, and send it to Gardening at Felder. You know, garden at mpbonline.org. Okay. All righty, Peggy. And uh, right. call, call any time. All righty. Let's go now to uh, here in Jackson. Talk to Ken. Or in Madison. Hey, Ken, what's going on? Hello. Good morning, Felder. Howdy. Thank what, you. Sure. What's going on? What's up? I was just going to see if you could give some advice. I had a tornado hit our residence. Uh, the, thank goodness the uh, residence itself was not damaged. But I had... Uh, 26 mature trees on the lot, mainly pines and uh, fir trees, and every one was so damaged they had to be removed. Yeah. So I'm just looking for a suggestion on uh, where it might be best to go to try to find somebody that would help plan out a uh, landscape uh, that would be on a basically a blank palette. Well, you know, in, in the landscape, you know, I, I hate to say this, but you get 100 landscapers, you get a couple of 100 different ideas. And, uh, you know, so if you're, you know, if you'll email me, I can suggest something that I know personally that I can recommend. I mean, I, I'll be glad to come by and kick around some ideas for a little while, but we need to figure that out by email. But I, I wouldn't just go with whoever draws the most circles on a, on a piece of paper. Because uh, some some landscapers feel like that that they got that the more circles they draw, which represent plants and digging and expense and all, the better it looks. Because sometimes uh, fewer bolder plants, carefully placed, have a better effect with a lot less maintenance. I, I'm really, by the way, congratulations! Your your house didn't get hit by those pines. <laughs> uh, no, you looked up. There was only one one fir tree about thirty feet tall. It kind of leaned into the house, but it didn't damage the structure. You 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 dodged the bullet with those pines. But anyway, uh, shoot me an email, and, I, and I'll throw out a, some some ideas. But again, no two are going to do a, be alike. And what I might suggest would be to have them come out and talk with you before they sell you any kind of plan. I understand. Thank and, you very much. Oh, you have well, a great day. Yeah, one last thing, Ken. I want to throw this out to you and other people listening. Uh, if you want fast regrowth, uh, I want stuff in my lifetime. I want the quickest, fast, the, the best growth, the fastest I can get. And I found, and this is something I learned in college, is something I've done for decades now. A small plant will, plant will outgrow a bigger plant of the same species every time. So if you want big, fast, tall trees, don't spend 200 bucks on a tree. Get you one of those $30 ones, dig a wide hole, loosen the roots up, and it will double in size where the bigger ones will just sit there trying to get roots established. So a smaller plant will always get established faster and outgrow a bigger plant of the same species. It's true. Well, that's more what I'm interested in. I'm not really interested in big trees again because uh, next time they could fall yeah, that's right. Well, anyway, uh, shoot me an email. We, we'll take it from there. I'll do it. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you it. very much. Have a great day. Thank All you. Right. And by the way, before we go to this next caller, let me throw this out. I got a uh, an email. Uh, uh, Java, you know, last week I got owned on this program. 
<laughs> this guy, he called up, and he was on hold a long time. We were doing other stuff, and when we talked to him, he was hammering and sawing in the background. And I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "He's, anyway." Long story short, uh, I, I I questioned his his uh, carpentry skills, and he I love it. He said, "He said just answer the question about my dad gum fig tree and leave the carpentry to me." <laughs> he owned me, and I loved it. Other people might have said it was. Radio Gold. Anyway, I got an email from him, uh, from Jerry. He lives in Ashland. He said, he said, uh, please don't think I'm a grump as uh, as I was today when we spoke. I was actually nailing a point for a chalk line. He said, I, I did use screws to put up the, the brackets. You caught me off guard. I was nervous about being on the radio. Thanks for the advice on the pruning figs. <laughs> See, <laughs> but he still owned me. I love it. It's like one time, and I'll share this. My mother called me on the radio. Have I told you about this before, Jonas? My producer knew my mother's voice, and uh, a gentleman called me and said that he was. it was a pretty day. He wanted to do something with his grandson out in the yard. I forget what it was, but it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work. So I gave him horticultural advice and, you know, why it wouldn't work and try this and try that. And he thanked me and hung up. And immediately the next caller was my mother. She And I seared in my mind. She said, young man, you just blew it. That gentleman didn't want your advice, your horticulture cynicism. He is a beautiful day. He wanted a, a wonderful experience with the grandson outdoor, and you blew it. Click. <laughs> and she was right. Hey, before we do some che- cheesy music, let's slide over to Vidalia, Louisiana. Good morning, Harry. How are you this morning? I'm Oop. fine, thank you. Yeah, what's up? We uh, raise our own transplants on a wide variety of vegetable crops and uh, put them in the greenhouse. And my question is, it's, it's expensive to heat the greenhouse, and if we let the temperature get down into the lower 40s, will that affect the growth later well, on after the temperatures get back to normal or not? Well, actually, it will affect them in a good way. If the temperatures are down in the 40s and 50s, the plants are sturdier and stockier than, than, than if they're long and leggy and floppy. So a lot of commercial growers, they get their seedlings started, and they move them into a cool greenhouse, so they get, you know, the, the real sturdy little things. And so that's a, that's a good thing for them, not down in the 30s. But let me suggest this. Uh, you could get these things called heating pads. I don't know if you've seen them before. They fit right on top of your, it's like a, it's like a, a rubber electric blanket. You put it on your bench, you put your seedling trays on top. It's got a thermostat, so it keeps the, the potting soil, the seedling soil, at a nice toasty 70, 72 degrees. So the roots are warm, but their tops are cool, and that's what commercial growers do. You can get them at garden centers, but these little heating pads, you set your trays of seedlings right on top, and it only keeps the potting soil uh, warm and moist, which helps them grow faster roots. So that's a good way to, to keep them growing without heating your greenhouse. Well, we start our plants in a I've got a special room that's very well insulated and keeps the temperature between 80 and 85. Yeah, until, yeah. Until they germinate. Yeah, there you go. There you we go. move them into the greenhouse after they have germinated. Yeah, well, the, the, the roots, roots will still grow better if the roots are warm. Well, they, they don't like cold roots and cold, wet potting soils. So you might still want to think about this, but the top parts will be sturdier and stockier because of that cool temperature. Right. Well, I was just concerned about whether letting them be exposed to temperatures in the lower forties will affect their future growth later on. No, I I just started some seeds yesterday. I got them in a little thing with a plastic top on it, and as soon as they they sprout and get up really good, I'm going to move them out, and if it gets down into the forties and fifties at night, that just makes them sturdy. A lot of people make the mistake of keeping them indoors, where it's too warm, they get long and leggy. So you're doing the right thing. I sure appreciate your help and your program. Enjoy it immensely. It's a big help to us. I appreciate it, Harry. Thanks so much, man. All righty. We're going to take a little quick break. Uh, I got not cheesy. Well, it is a cheesy tune. It's a cheesy tune. Came over from the 1890s uh, from from uh, from England where things are a little bit later. You know, they about a month or so behind us. But it's a cheesy tune. Worse than that, I found the cheesiest possible venue. I hope you like suspended sevenths. If you're a musician, you know what that teeth-grating suspended seventh that's so popular in the music called Barbershop Quartet. We're going to take a quick break and come back with more calls from Lyon, Mississippi, up at the Delta to Meridian over in the, 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 the Pine Belt. We're going to be taking a quick break, come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener and your phone calls, and also to reaffirm some of the things that happened this weekend right after this. I'm a horticulturist, Felder Rushing, Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi 
Public Broadcasting. Life is not a highway strewn with flowers, still it holds a goodly share of bliss. When the sun gives way to April showers, here's the point that you should never Showers may come your way, they bring the flowers that bloom in May. So if it's raining, have no regrets, because it isn't raining rain. Keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for his song. Whenever April showers come along, and where you see where you see clouds upon a hill. Okay, you know, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Wake up, Java. <laughs> Barbershop cord. Oh, April flower. <laughs> Lordy. Just having a little bit of fun. By the way, folks, if you know some cheesy music related to weather or season or gardening or something like that, send it to me. Just send me a link. I can find it. Love to do that kind of stuff. We are live here at MPB. You want to give us a call, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. We've had Homer calling from Lyon, Mississippi, which is Clarksdale is a suburb of Lyon. Is that right, Homer? Uh, kind of thought, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's according to which one you're you from. If you're from Lyon, Clarksdale is a suburb of the other way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And if you're coming from Memphis, Lyon is where it's at. Right. It's before, right before you get in the closet, yeah, hey, you know, I got this old uh, Ford pickup truck. It's painted John Deere green. I got flowers and herbs and stuff planted in the back. Been doing this for years. I'm gonna drive it up to Clarksdale. You know where Miss Dell's is downtown? Used to be downtown Clarksdale. That's where I buy my grain sale. I'm gonna have my truck parked out there next Friday afternoon. Hope to see you. I'm, com- <laughs> I'm coming out now. You will see me. I'm, I want to meet you. I'm coming okay. out there to meet you. But well, what's going anyway, on? I- I call, uh, call about, uh, now, I, this is the first time I've done this. I planted greens this spring. I, you know, I raised greens and uh-huh. kind of processed them, but anyway. What, what they, kind? What kinds? I, I sell them all. I sell, I, but I found, you know, I was a marketing major in college sales. I found that 
What you don't sell, Speedway you got panels. to. Yeah, what you don't sell, you got to smell. No, uh, I don't do mine <laughs> like that. I actually process them and freeze them. Okay, I, I sell okay. Every grain I, I get, I sell it. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I looked at that a different way from most people. I don't sell them. I, I got people just call me to buy them. They froze hard. I mean, you know. But anyway, I raised some. I got a pretty good size bed of uh, turnips going right now. Uh-huh. I don't know turnips, olives, and mustard. But anyway, the, I put some. And I, I want to get your opinion on this. I bought some, and I've been using it, milagronite. I have to say that slow. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That uh, works. Uh, they, and I put, you know, I just, as the greens came up, I just, you know, kind of sold, you know, put some of that out there, kind of spread it out. Is that a, after the greens get up, um, do you think I should put that? I, I sometimes I put it in the ground before I yeah. plant. No, and, but here's the way it, it's it's milorganite is just manure. It's just manure, and it it works best. And it takes a while to break down. You know, manure is when you work manure into the dirt. It it has to be broken down by microorganisms, bacteria, and fungi in the soil and earthworms to really convert it into plant food. So it's slow acting. See, so you okay. put it out there, you're not going to see any results. If you put it out today, you ain't going to see results before that crop is gone. So you put it down, work in the dirt before you plant, just like you would cow manure or chicken manure or something like that. And, uh, so, I got you. And, uh, so, and, and by the way, uh, you think any of your customers listening? It probably is, but a lot, you know, it's so few people gardening now. Okay. Uh, well, re- reason why I'm saying because Milorganite, if you look on the bag, and it's perfectly safe, but it is a proud product of the people of Milwaukee. It's human. I, I, did, I did research <laughs> okay, on it. Okay. So we don't need to go there. It's perfectly <laughs> safe, but like any, it doesn't matter if it's cow or chicken or people, whatever, it takes a long time. It's slow acting. So you put it in when you when you work your dirt up, like fertilizer. And if you want to spruce things up, like a little shot in the arm, uh, go ahead and get you one of these liquid fertilizers mixed with water. But here's the trick, Homer. Use it at half strength. Whatever it says, put in a gallon of water, put that, put half that much. And that'll give the plants a nice little shot in the arm. It's perfectly safe, and, and it, it, it's real fast-acting. So if you want to spruce things up, a little half-strength liquid plant food. I got you. Okay. Hey, I appreciate it. Enjoy the show. I got one more question for you. Do you grow uh, just the greens, or you let them uh, make turnips? I got some turnips filled up that, that, that is bigger than a grapefruit. I just, and <laughs> this year was the first time I tried eating them. My mom you can, didn't cook you, can, you can't eat one that big. <laughs> I mean, it, they are good, though. I love them. They're chewy. They're chewy. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I hope, right. to, hope to see you next week, Homer. Thank you, man. You will. Thank Pre- you. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. All right. A big old woody turnips at Homer. We're going over to Meridian now. David, how are you this morning, sir? Hello. Hello. Hey, howdy. Sorry. Thanks for holding. What's what's going on? Uh, last week you talked to someone about mayhaws. Yeah. As opposed to growing or trying to grow a dogwood, which is a good exercise in futility. Yes. And I can't find mayhaws anywhere. Where where do you get a mayhaw? I've asked them commercial places and they don't know. Well, they do, but they they don't want to fool with you. Uh, there's oh. you know th- you know there's a, there's a place I, I know they can get them because there's a place over at Jackson that specializes in fruit plants and they sell mayhaws every year and they get them from somewhere. So the the people who do, who say they can't get it, what they mean is they don't want to fool with you. Oh, you know, okay. so but uh, at the same time, it's not a mainstream plant, so they may have to shop around, but they can do that. That's what their telephones are for, and their their internet. But a mayhaw is a native plant, and uh, there's some a few people who grow them, and they're actually different varieties of them. But right. but I got an email from a fellow. I just answered. He just emailed either last night or this morning. I don't know. I got the email this morning. Said he just bought one. Want to know if he should cut it back or not? So I, I tell you what, if you'll shoot me an email, I'll the guy who ask me whether you should cut it back or not, I'll email him to ask where he got it. Okay, great. And, uh, hey, I'm a, by the way, I'm going to be down at the Max. Have you, been, have you been to the Max yet downtown? Yes. It is, a cool, it is a cool, cool place. They even have a little display of one of my little bottle trees up there someplace. Anyway, we're going to have a plant swap starting at 9 in the morning, and then I'm going to slide over to the farmer's market after that for a few minutes. So hope to see you there. All right. Shoot me an Love email. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for being part right. of it. Bye-bye. 
Okay, now let's talk to Dawn. Dawn, how are you this morning? Calling from Jackson. I'm great. How are y'all? It's pretty good. Me and Java, we're whooping it up, winking at each other. Oh, that's I, a good thing. I, I, I picked I pick my first rose of the season. See this, Java? I'm thinking of you. You know, I mean, not in that way. Don't go there, Java. It's just well, a rose. Well, it's okay. okay for men to give other men flowers. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Java's having a conniption in there. Well, what's Uh-oh. up? What's up, Dawn? <laughs> so I've been cleaning out several water gardens, and I'm getting eaten alive by these biting gnats. Oh, yeah. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to protect myself, and I have whelps all over my on my my yeah. forehead. My yeah. forehead, my chin, my neck—it's horrible. Yeah, and the bad part about it, those little those little small things, uh, the, even the repellents don't seem to work that well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they, I mean, my arms—I wish you could see mine. My, you know, my arms—well, I, I just—they're they're horrible looking because of the same thing. I found if you scratch them, they get infected and have horrible arms. Don't do that. But well, uh, somebody you, said what? Somebody said something about a cinnamon um, spray that you could put on yourself, but I wondered if that wouldn't attract. Mosquitoes then? No, no. The mosquitoes are attracted to the carbon in your breath. That's what they're attracted to. They're okay. attracted to your breathing. But uh, what will repel those gnats will get rid of the mosquitoes. Any kind of, of uh, repellent will work. I don't know if you necessarily want to cover yourself in DEET, but it's by far the most effective. It is by far. But there's a lot of, of, of natural products that have a mixture of different kind of, of, uh, of uh, oil, uh, herbal oils. Uh, um, Pennyroyal, for example, those are any kind of really pungent uh, herb like that, mints, rosemary, all those kind of things. So well, they, they'll work a pretty good bit, and they won't attract mosquitoes, but there's nothing going to be as effective as DEET. And for, well, I for, can't use DEET in the water garden because oh, yeah, yeah. it's a toy. I, oh, I, I know. Well, just, you know, so you oh, you putting your hands down in the water and all that? Cause I other, do, and I, I usually use Skin So Soft for that. Skin, yeah, um, skin, and Skin So Soft is fine. It's, it's got those natural repellents in there, mm-hmm. um, but it just doesn't last for So what you might want to do is put the DEET on your, you know, your head and your neck and your shoulders and stuff like that and just, um, you know, use some of the other stuff on your arms. Because Good idea. you know, but anyway, the natural repellents work pretty well, um, b- but nothing's going to be a hundred percent with these little gnats. I'll let you know if I find a, a remedy. <laughs> Good luck. What I do, I mean, I, I just, I just, I wear long sleeves. You know, I mean, that's that's yeah. what I do. And you know, you can actually work, use long sleeves even work in the water garden. I, I guess I could do that and, and suffer even more. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Welcome. To, right. wel- welcome to, to to our world. Get your hands dirty, baby. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate All right, it. Bye bye. righty. Let's see now. Um, let's go to down to the coast to Biloxi. Hey, Craig. Good morning. Hey. Uh, good morning. Hey, I have a remedy for the gnats. What's well, uh, is is uh, I work at the boatyards and they're in the swamps, and oh. we use smudge smudge pots. You take <laughs> a tin can. Yeah, you take a tin can and your lightest t-shirt material. That will smoke when you put it out, and you and I put two of them uh, upwind of me a little bit, and and they all go away. That's got to be some nasty t-shirts, Craig. No, it <laughs> actually leaves here here in the yard. I use uh, pine needles or or anything that'll smoke. They it's the smoke that drives them away. Yeah, yeah, you're right about and, that. And, and they and, are and real they do have to be you. Yeah, and they do have to be used t-shirts. You have to wear them for a week before you can smoke them. <laughs> Well, what's going on? You call about that just about that? Yes, I was. Well, well, that's a big issue. I mean, yeah. you can't stand outside, but but uh, that's my remedy: is two little smoke pots with I, with burning leaves uh, you uh, know, upwind. I was down on the coast this past week and went out in the morning to you know drink a cup of coffee, and they ran me right back in. But anyway, yeah, so yeah, they do. I, Ocean Springs has a big swamp area back there, yeah. and that's that's that, yeah. that, I use it there. Okay, good tip, Craig. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for calling. Okay, Bobby. Okay, now let's go over to Brandon, Central Mississippi. And how are you this morning? Great, great. Good. What's up? Uh, well, I had a, a couple questions. The first one may be kind of dumb. When uh, you put seeds down, do you mulch or do you uh, wait and only mulch around plants that are yeah, actually, it's not a dumb question at all. I get asked that I, the night before last. I got asked that a mulch 
keeps sun from hitting the ground, and it'll actually keep a lot of seedlings from sprouting. So if you get a plant from seed, wait till the seeds seedlings sprout and then tuck mulch around them. But 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 they and do it that way. That's the reason I use chip bark because you can sort of sift the bark around the little seedlings without bending them over like pine straw or something. Oh, okay. Good question, and, though. Well, my next question uh, is, y'all yeah, were talking about gnats. Is it normal to have uh, a lot of gnats this time of year swarm in your compost pile? Uh, yeah, actually, they're, it's a different kind of gnat. The compost, the gnats in the compost, you know these great big, what we call mosquito hawks, these great big look like giant mosquitoes? You know what I'm talking about? I do, I do. See, they're in the same family as gnats and flies, and and their larvae live on decaying organic matter. See, so little fruit flies and and uh, what they call fungus gnats, and that you get in potting soil and crane flies, those kind of things. Uh, their larvae actually feed on decaying organic matter, so that's normal. It's not the same thing as a biting gnats. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> good, good questions. Oh, all right, we we got a scoot in. Appreciate it. Now, uh, Hamilton, Alabama, which I drove through last fall. How are you, Mark? Good morning. Hey, how come you didn't stop when you drove through? I did. Got a red light and all that, you know, downtown. Okay. Look, uh, I buy uh, a lot of bedding plants in the spring and in the fall, and I buy them from the big box, the local big box store. Uh-huh. And a buddy of mine buys a lot as well, and he refuses to buy them at the big box, and he tells me that the big box... Uh, the growers use growth inhibitors, and he says that they never recover from it. Any comments? I can't find any information on it. Well, they they, they, they really don't. You know, there are some growth regulators that keep plants sturdy and stocky, but the places that, that grow for these big box stores, they want to get plants up and out as fast as they can. Now, they do use a type of insecticide called neonicotinoids, uh-huh. which can poison bees and butterflies later you know but they they're by law they're supposed to have a little label on now if it says they use neonicotinoids they're there's a bad little insect commonly most commonly used insecticide on earth but they're they're pretty bad so they have to be labeled for that now but the growth regulators even if they use them it's just temporarily stunts plants they grow out of it okay. but so he's sort of right i don't think they use them on on most crops because the idea is get them up and out as quick as possible, rather than keep them sturdy and stocky. What they do is they, they regulate the temperatures that they're grown in, which keeps them sturdy and stocky, which we don't at home. That's great information. And, again, I had tried my best to research it, couldn't find anything about it. I well, there's a reason for it. And of course, the guy might have been pulling your leg. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. You bet, Mark. Thank you. Yes, sir. I would like to remind folks that there's several things going on this weekend. Uh, Sunday afternoon from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock, they're going to have this thing uh, at uh, Crosby Arboretum down at Picayune. It's called, it's free, ice cream, strawberries, and music. I'm going to be at the Winona Library in the, at, at noon on April the 11th and at the Walnut Grove Library in the evening on April 11th. Uh, but this weekend, Meridian Max, downtown Meridian, we're having a first-ever plant swap. Bring a decent plant. It's free, and I'm going to give a little talk, and we'll take it from there. starts at 9 o'clock, so start getting there a little bit before then. Uh, then I'm going to swing by the farmer's market after. It's about a block away. Uh, and then at 3 o'clock, I'm going to be at the New Albany Garden Festival at the Magnolia Civic Center, downtown New Albany. Starting at 3 o'clock is when my talk is. And then uh, and, and next uh, Friday afternoon, Juke Joint Festival, downtown Clarksdale. I'm going to be at the back of, back of my pickup truck at a place called Miss Dell's. It's, a, it's called The Collective now, but it still says Dell's on top of it. Look forward to seeing y'all. Meanwhile, let's talk with Julie on the road in Mississippi. Where, where Are you from Mississippi, Julie? Oh, yes, yes, I'm from Mississippi. So you're just riding okay. around. You're just trying to get I, away from people. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, um, those uh, biting gnats, they, they show up. Uh, early in the year, right? Uh, generally, when the rivers come up, when the water comes up, right. they start coming out. But 
pure vanilla extract will keep those suckers off of you. That's a good one. That's a, that's good. And of course, it's it's expensive, but uh, you know, it's I would expensive, but <laughs> I, it beats those giant whelps. I've had them swell both of my eyes up before. I, I believe me. One one time, I was <laughs> I was picking wild blueberries uh, in in northern England a couple of years ago, and they got on me, and I was scratching them. But I had a you know here at home, my fingers and my body is used to whatever kind of dirt and dust we have here. But it was a foreign kind of stuff I had under my fingernails, and I mean it took. My, I looked like I had leprosy. It was terrible. But anyway, that's a good idea. A little, little bit of vanilla extract. It, it really keeps them off of you. It does a good job. All righty. I do appreciate that. Thank you All so right, much. All right, well, y'all have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Just hang on a second. Can we have some decorum out here? <laughs> See, I got owned last week, so I just owned some people just then. <laughs> I'm going to have to apologize, Dale Arnie. Hey, folks, we we got a lot of stuff going on right now. If, you, if there's some events I can help uh, promote, let me know about them. I had such a great time at the libraries in Kiln in Bay St. Louis. Big crowds, fun people, a lot of yucks. We, we, we talked about a bunch of stuff, but I also had a good time. I really enjoyed this. Uh, t- taking it to the streets. You know, horticulturists tend to be the what I call the, the high priests of, of horticulture, and then the master gardeners of the, the choirs uh, supporting all that. But I'm taking it to the street. Taking it to the street. I don't have a bullhorn, but the library, the garden club, the, the civic centers, those kind of things. It's a place for people who don't have anything much in common. Mom and them may not even know each other. Different churches di- vote differently. Doesn't really matter. Gardeners don't have a place like like a football stadium for football fans or tennis matches. We don't have a place to get together. We're not even like the golf course people hanging around the edge of the, the field watching people play. So the MPB provides this opportunity. And every now and then a library or, or a, a, a garden club or a civic center well, give us a chance to get together without having to really dress up and vote and have officers and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, you've been listening to the to the garden. You've been participating in this garden party. I hope to see some of y'all at the Max starting at 9 o'clock downtown. We're reading tomorrow. Bring a plant. If you don't bring a plant, that's okay. We'll still have a good time. If you don't bring a plant, come on anyway. And then at the, uh, tuple, at the uh, New Albany Flower Fest after that. Got a lot of stuff to talk about, but it's over for this week for us, folks. I'm Horticulture's Fell to Rushing, me and Java Chapman and and uh, all the folks here at MPB uh, trying to get us all together as best we can. If you have some questions during the week, shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Meanwhile, there's a lot of plants at garden centers, a lot of plants at garden centers. If you can't plant them this weekend, at least go out and get them this weekend. Put them out. You know, you don't have to plant them. Get them. And then they're there when you get ready to plant when the weather cooperates. Meanwhile, if you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center, farmer's market, whatever. Wiggle your fingers in the dirt out out in the yard. Show them what a roly-poly is. Teach them how to do what we all do best, and that's get dirty. See you all next week.